On this episode of the Goal Line Fade, Brian and I discuss the Mavs. Luca's game winner. Man, disgusting. Uh, we talk about the Rangers and they're still actually watchable uh, two weeks into the season. And we talk about who the Cowboys could target if they trade back or in, they move into the back, uh, the first end of the second round. This and more on the Goal Line Fade. And uh, we got a lot to talk about. I'm quite fired up this Friday, actually. Uh, MLB The Show came out today, so I'm just ecstatic. Actually, not even going to lie before this podcast. I just woke up from like an hour and a half nap. I stayed up till almost three o'clock in the morning playing it last night. Um, I am a child. I'm a giant man child. <laughs> I have a six foot three man child who's 39 years old. Who is, yeah. <laughs> I love my mom. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Uh, I'm having some fun playing with the Rangers. It's a uh, very awesome on the PS5. Um, as you know, I'm one of the select few that have this cool bad boy. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, for those of you who are not watching this on YouTube, I'm holding my PlayStation controller right now. Brian, the things this controller does with the show video game is one of the coolest things I've ever experienced. Like you feel when you catch the ball, like it, it pings like here. Like wherever you would catch the ball, when you throw it, you feel it. The hits, it's uh, oh. starts to pulse whenever it's like a clutch hit thing. Or like if you're trying to pitch and two people are on base, the controller starts like jacking around like crazy. It's a That's very cool. cool. It's a very cool aspect. I had way too much fun last night playing. I got lost in March to October, which is like a situational season mood. But I won't move. I won't uh, bore everybody with that. Too <laughs> much. Uh, Brian, how are you doing, man? Uh good, man. You know, uh, sitting here at the house. Uh, what did I do this week? Clean the garage. Some spring cleaning. Um, I, you know, you know this, I haven't really talked about it on here, but I'm a bit of a, I, I keep reptiles. And so I'm working on a terrarium right now. That's going to be really, really cool. So I've spent all week doing that. That's, that's about cool. it though, man. Are you, are you trying to teach them Kung Fu? Is that something we can, we can count on Ninja Turtle style? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's going to happen right now. They've got the hands. It's the feet part that they're, you know, when they start trying to throw kicks, it gets all wet. <laughs> yes 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 yeah so uh, besides the video games and uh, raising reptiles brian and i like sports like sports a lot so first off uh, thank you for anybody listening right now if you're on youtube thanks for checking it out there you can also check us out anywhere you find podcasts uh, for the goal line fade a dallas sports podcast now as far as what we're going to talk about today like i covered in the beginning a uh, little bit of mavs a little bit of rangers and a lot of cowboys on this episode we are uh, two weeks from last night will be Brian and I talking about who the Dallas Cowboys have, suggest, have uh, selected with the first pick uh, in the draft, maybe moving back in the draft, maybe moving back into the draft. Who knows what is going to happen on night one? There's so many different things that can't all happen. Kinds of, all kinds of wonkiness, maybe. Yeah. So the first thing I want to kind of touch on is the maps. Um, obviously, Weird week, once again, kind of a weird week for them and the Rangers. Very similar, um, kind of just up and down a little bit, kind of a split week. Um, man, Luca is just a freak. 
and huge game winner versus a team that we're fighting playoff positioning with. Uh, we played Memphis on Wednesday night. And man, oh, freaking man, uh, did Luca make the most crazy buzzer beater look like a two-pointer. You watch it again, it was a three-pointer. We won the game because of it. A 91% free throw shooter in Grayson Allen missed both free throws with three seconds left. Like, what the fuck, man? Um, yeah, it was crazy. It was that, first of all, obviously, I'm sure anybody who's watching this or listening to this has probably gone back and watched the replays of that shot a hundred times, like yeah. you and I both have. It's, it's insane, you know? It's like the stuff. Man. And look, I'll, people who really watch sports, uh, watch the NBA closely know that most of the players in the league in practice and when they're just fucking around can hit shots, crazy shots, right? But it's very special players only hit shots like that in the game when when the clock is expiring that was a spectacular shot well and the luck that it took to get to that spot is something yeah. we'll dive into as well but well you look at they lose that game and the narrative is it's a shit week and they're a half game you know memphis is a half game on us that a game and a half in the tiebreaker is huge right now yeah. absolutely yeah. The, the maps have this is their besides the lakers coming up twice this is their soft spot in the schedule. I know tonight they play the Knicks, which is 2.0 Porzingis. Now, ever since uh, Porzingis got basically bitch slapped by the Knicks, and we talked mad noise, and I think rightfully so, because he wasn't really up for that. He has yeah. been on a tear and playing extremely good basketball. I might, uh, you know, tip my cap to that man. Um, I kind of expect the same tonight. I think this will be the revenge game that we want. And this is a, this is one of those trap games too, because it's like they're coming off that huge win and this team's young, man. And one thing I know about youth is they have these huge wins and it seems like they fall flat the next game every time, you know, we look at uh, just, I I wish I could explain why you look at the Utah game. Then we play Houston the next game and fall Uh, time and time again, this happens. So I think Carlisle's got them ready. It's just what's going on in the heads. I mean, the leader of our team is 22 years old. Um, as a as a sports fan, I think you have to understand the maturation of where it's what what happens. I mean, when Dirk was 22, where was the Mavericks as an organization when he was the top guy? They were, and I think we're a little, out of the first round every year. No, and and I think we're a little spoiled right now because we've seen LeBron bounce to four to three different teams technically four because he went back to the Cavs, right yeah, yeah. and i think we both if, if i was a betting man and going in vegas i would say he's going to be on another team before he retires right he's going to go somewhere else maybe even playing with his son wherever his son gets drafted right i bet he goes back to cleveland i think he wants to end it with as a Cav, but probably yeah. I, I would not be surprised whatsoever and the the issue with that is that a lot of people because of lebron and because of his group of banana boat super friends a lot of people think that that's what's going to happen with Luca, and that you know it's it's a very big narrative on the radio. Uh, my boss talks to me about it. To, like literally, we had that big win, and the first thing he comes up to me and says is, "Man, I'm really, uh, you know, it's just they don't build or they don't build a good team, man. And they don't build a good team around Luca. I just don't think. You know, I think he's going to leave. And, and you know, I'll tell. I told him the same thing. I'm going to tell our listeners right now, and that's that, man. That's like five years from now. No player has ever turned down their Supermax rookie deal, number one. No. Anthony Davis, sure, that's a thing. But I that, like, New Orleans was just bad, like not even in the playoffs. For years. 
yeah years not one or two years historically bad yeah terrible and and look i mean look i'm not i'm not as unconcerned about it as you are but i am not concerned about it it's something that at the end of the day we've got plenty of time uh play i think i think if we're in this same boat three years from now sure you know where what i mean by the same boat is the roster is similar you know we're finishing the season somewhere between the sixth and the eighth seed and in that same kind of position no two two important things to know number one the front office of the mavericks have failed miserably right well, yeah. three things to know the front office has failed miserably the luca has not progressed as a player and at that point we should genuinely start worrying but right now i don't think it's i don't think it's any like yeah they need to work on building around him but they uh it's not panic button we don't need to be stressing about it we need to be rooting this team on and, and growing as a fan base with them, you know, uh, enjoying this process because we have a once in a generation player playing for our team right now. And so right. many people are focused so much on worrying about losing him that they're not even enjoying the fact that we're watching one of the three best players in basketball, five best players in all of basketball. Yeah, everybody, everybody's so much focused on tomorrow. They're not enjoying today. Absolutely. And, and you can't do that. Right. It's like, we talked about the Cowboys last week and how, for, for me personally, oh, my little uh, little Lulu wants to say hi to the camera. Hey, Lulu. Hey, Lulu. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> well, you know, we talk about the, you know, the Cowboys last season where there's been two seasons where, and there's only 16 games in, in NFL. So it's, it's very easy. Now. Yeah, 17 now, excuse me. It's yeah. so much easier to pay attention to every game. And, and last year was one of the two seasons in the last decade where I had no hope for the Dallas Cowboys. And, and the reason why I didn't have hope was because I know Dak was our quarterback and I knew there wasn't really much to gain from being so shitty. And there wasn't really much to watch because I'm not, we're not developing Andy Dalton. It's not like when Romo went down and it's like, oh, this Dak guy, what's going on here? Or it's not like when Wade Phillips got shit canned and Jason Garrett sort of making people wear suits and all of a sudden it's like, hey, they're bad. They're not making the playoffs, but this coach has got something going on. I think we're going to be okay. I want to see how he how he coaches the team. Sure. Well, people are treating it like, oh my gosh, they're not building. Like, does Luca even have a problem with our roster? Like, people are like, I, I don't, I get it, man. I know you got to think of something to talk about, and I know we all want the Mavs to be NBA champions. We all want Luca to be the MVP of the league, but. Is, is he does he is he fucking think this team sucks like there's a narrative that people think that he just thinks we can't I mean, that's what's going on now and it's wild to me well okay so i am again partially with you but not all the way because here's the thing i don't think that he thinks the team sucks but i think he by you can tell by the way that he plays in crunch time that he is not 100 confident in a lot of the guys on the roster because at that point, you know, earlier on in the game, he's dishing the ball all around. And then when it really comes to crunch time, he just decides it's, it's going to be him. You know, he's the, he's sure. taking the ball to the rack and he's doing, and part of that is he's that he's a superstar. He's the leader of the team. That's what he's supposed to do. Right. But I, I also think it's kind of 
I think it speaks to how he feels about the talent on the roster, but I all, but I don't think he, I don't think it's again, a big deal. Right. I think that, I think that it's just kind of the situation. I don't think it's bothering him the way that a lot of people are making it out to be. I think he's having fun. I think he'd like to be winning more games and, and better off. But you can you can usually tell when as long as the game's going all right, they end up winning or even come close. He's having a good time. He likes playing with this team. You can see it. They have a, this team is really close. Like you saw the video of Brunson throwing water in his face yeah. after the game. Yeah, I mean it's a <laughs> it they 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 get chemistry. And you know what? I will never say that this front office is hitting a home run, but I know that them going for um, Porzingis was the right move. Now, in a bubble, you know, we, we put everything and look at everything now. Clearly, it's like, man, maybe maybe he wasn't the guy they should have went after to put all their eggs in the basket. We get why they did it, and they should have. Trading in the draft to go for Luka was absolutely a baller move and the right thing to do. So there's there's been some bad, but gosh, I mean, you're looking at everything's possible. It's kind of like having LeBron James. You have so much you can do with everything and, and can make happen. We've been in kind of salary cap hell, and that's going to change this offseason. And I, I'm not saying that means they're going to sign max free agents or whatever else. I personally think the Mavs are going to control who they get by trades. I don't know what they got up their sleeves, but I think in the offseason they're going to make it happen. But I'm enjoying the ride. They're fun to watch. Watch them with my kid. Watch them with my wife. We, we lo- we're loving every game. And it just really pisses me off that we, we can't even, as a, as, a, as, a, as a fan base, like sit here and just really fucking rock when we win, we win a game like that. It's like, Man, we were about to lose. You know, we don't have this talent around him. He's going to leave. It's like, shut up, dude. Like, yeah. enjoy the win, bro. Let's at least wait till the off season. Let's Absolutely. wait till we get embarrassed by twenty five each to the Clippers in the playoffs again, and then we can talk or something like that, right? Absolutely. And, and uh, something I want to make note of: uh, you were saying a second ago about KP and the trade and whether it was the right move to bring him here. A lot of people, and a lot of people are, and we sometimes are down on KP, right? And and everybody's, a lot of people are upset with him and and whatever. But, and that, look, our complaints with KP a lot of the time are completely valid. But directing that frustration at the front office is is not valid because you have to look at what we gave up to get KP. Yeah. Realistically, nothing. By comparison, right? Again, sure. he's, he's not as good as we had hoped. He's not as good as they had hoped. But I, even knowing what we know about KP right now, would you do that trade again? Because I would. For what we gave up and knowing what was drafted and, and everything else, I would say yes, completely. You know, yeah. because you don't know. There, it's not like it's you know you know to draw a parallel to the NFL. We talk about the Bears uh, signing Dalton, right? And then what the package they could have gotten for Sam Darnold, and you and I are both like, that's a no-brainer. I'd rather do that because if you're going to suck, you're in the quarterback lottery the next year. And if you're good, you're a genius because you just just got the Ryan Tannehill experience basically with a quarterback that's good. So if you could tell me what player was available for the same cost that I think is better, maybe, maybe that works. Like I personally, like I watch a lot of basketball and have, and this, this world of positionless basketball is something that I'm growing on and, and, and understanding this last five years, big time. Right. And I've always been in the, we need a big man. We need a big man. We need a Old big school. man. Right. Old school. Yeah. And I, I don't know what the second best player next to Luca needs to look like. 
I, I think personally, it needs, it needs to be like a Clay Thompson pre-injury, a, a shooting guard who is a lights out shooter, who's a defender who can rotate on the point guard so Luca can get a defensive break and then have to chase down the Trey Youngs of the world and, and everything else. I think maybe that is the kind of player he needs as his number two. I, I really don't know. I mean, he's so young. We're in year three of this thing. And I, sorry, real quick. I'm sorry. Can I ask you a question? Because maybe you know the answer to this, because I don't. And I was thinking about it the other day. Sure. Why did they end up getting, why did they end up trading Harrison Barnes? It seems like he would be a perfect fit alongside Luca. Was there something behind the scenes or something about, was, was it money? I don't, I really, yeah, I can't yeah. remember. It was the money. They, they were going to go after Kimball, Kimball Walker um hard they had enough money to get them so uh it was Kimball Walker and just a number of players they wanted to have that max money because you can go it, it, correct me if I'm wrong but you can go over the luxury tech because KP they already knew he was going to sign and he's here yeah. so you sign him last so they were going to bring a player in so they wanted his money off because he was going to opt in to his contract and kind of like how Tim Hardaway has been good this year and hey man I'm, I'm happy he's here he won't be here next year unless yeah. he signs a team-friendly a team deal. Which but he won't. Same thing. He, he opted into his deal. So same thing. That's why they moved Barnes. But Barnes was a good – Barnes was good, man. He's just not great. You know? No, he's, he's just, not great. Just a guy. Just a guy. He, he does the grinding and everything else. And we're better – would this team be – would he be perfect for a team like this? Maybe. Dorian Finney-Smith has kind of become like a Tim like – a, like a Harrison Barnes plus a little bit this last, like, month. I don't know about plus, but, like – Definitely more on the defensive side, definitely less on the scoring side. Yeah. Well, Harrison Barnes could post up, man. He, 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 could, could, he was very, very good. Dorian Finney-Smith is a better three-point shooter, I think, right now than, um, than he ever was. Okay. I'll, I, I don't know the numbers. I'll take your word for it. I'd have to – yeah, I watched a lot of the game. I remember I was kind of sick of Barnes towards the end, but one thing, he could post up, dude. It just wasn't they, – they were trying to, like I said, they – they gutted that roster. They're moving on, and they they were trying to build right away. You know, yeah. they went for the Porzingis move, and it's like, dude, let's get a third star like right now. And the the really the nitty of it before we close out on the Mavs is there's only one team in the league that has three stars, and it's the Nets. Yeah, it's not a thing anymore. It's about the duos, and your duo has just got to be better than the rest. And yeah, I mean, I, Golden State's got three if you count Clay Thompson as a star, mm -hmm. but he's hurt. So he's out of the picture, but yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Draymond Green at this point, I don't know if you can consider him a star the way he's been playing. Yeah, no, that's fair too. That's and, fair. And, and maybe, maybe that's me not knowing basketball as well as some of the, the purists, because I would welcome Draymond Green on the Mavs in a heartbeat. I think he would do well and would be a very good player here too. But just saying that I don't think he's the height of what he was five years ago, six years ago, where he was maybe the best defensive player in basketball, you know, he was, he was close. And I'll say this also, because you said just now, you don't, you not knowing basketball as well as the purest. this I'm a hundred percent with you. And this new brand of basketball is so weird to me. I still, you're adjusting to it. I am an old curmudgeon. I miss, you know, I miss 92 to 96 basketball, not, not the years, but the scores where, you know, the, and, and, you know, the mid-range jump shot and, and uh, uh, yeah. posting up, you know, big men posting up and a power forward actually shooting mid-range jumpers. And I'm, I loved all of that. And I get it. It's about the analytics and gold, 2014 Golden State changed everything and that's all fine. But I'm with you. I, this new basket, it doesn't make, it doesn't, 
I knew old basketball so well that new basketball is still not, not computing right for me. I watch it. I love it, but I'm just not there yet. Donovan Mitchell just helped to the locker room just now. Uh-oh. That sucks. Uh -oh. I like Donovan Mitchell. I do too. He could be a Mav. You know that. He could have been a Mav. But we probably wouldn't have Luca if, if he was a Mav. So probably yeah. not. Yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. But you know, goodness, yeah. if he was there. But yeah, he just said uh, being helped to the floor, lower leg injury in Salt Lake right now. Uh, oh man, Jamal Murray on Utah now. This oh, God. that's rough. That is very rough. That is very rough. If you hear a, a dog yapping in the background, listeners, that's my little Lulu. She is in rare form for some reason, and she <laughs> waited until a podcast recording time to go nuts out. We record this thing live and don't edit it. So that's uh, we, we treat like a radio to this. So just enjoy the, the sounds of sweet Lulu. You have dogs. You know what it sounds like. Absolutely. So in closing for the Mavs, um, we played the Knicks tonight and I do expect a win. Um, it is here, if I'm not mistaken, which they've been very good at home. And like we touched on last episode, they have a nice stretch of games. The, the Lakers twice, Anthony Davis might be back. He is a Maverick killer. Yeah. So uh, that's one thing to kind of keep an eye out for a little bit, but I think, I don't think LeBron's going to make it for either one of the games. So the Mavs have a fighting chance, I think uh, to at least split with the Lakers coming up. Good. Yeah. I'm uh, I, I was, I was actually about to ask you if you had any new news on the LeBron front. I saw that Anthony Davis was, was getting ready close, to but yeah, it's getting close, man. I, it would not be out of the realm of surprising if he plays one of the games, honestly. Uh, but I, for sure, I, I would say Anthony Davis is, is coming. Yeah. And uh, for those of you who are Mavs fans who get pissed at back to backs, Wednesday and Thursday is a back to back set Detroit and the Lakers. You can probably bet your bottom dollar some people aren't playing versus Detroit for sure. And it'll be a Dennis Smith revenge game. I just, I can already tell, I can already smell the fucking narrative. I can already, I can already sense it right now, you know? Absolutely. So that's, uh, let's, let's move on from the maps. You know, the whole point of today was just kind of talk about Luca's disgusting. It's awesome. Enjoy, enjoy it, man. If you're an MFFL and you're listening to this, man, let, let, let the course happen. We can't control what the front office does. We can talk all the shit we want. And the fan base has been talking a lot of it since we won a championship, right? Yep. It's they're going to do what they do, man. And you just have to rock it. If you're a Mavs fan, it's going to be in sickness and in health till uh, Luca do, do we part, right? So just rock that. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now, Texas Rangers, before we get to it, the Texas Rangers are six and seven. Holy fuck. Why can't they play on Fridays or Saturdays? I don't know. I, have, I, have, I just really don't understand it. They had a lot, they lost four games in a row. And look like absolute dog shit between Friday getting no hit. The only person on bank was base was Joey Gallo, who got walked. That is 13 straight games with Joey, Joey Gallo on base, though. That's every game he's got on base. Yep. But you have um, four losses in a row after being 500. It was they lost, they lost Friday, they lost Saturday, they lost Sunday, and then Monday they almost got no hit again by Tyler Glasnow. Now, the one thing I can say, their pitching hasn't cost them one game, but game one. With yep. Kyle Gibson. That is it. Yeah. That is it. And I, it's blowing my freaking mind. I would have bet you, I would have bet you thousands of dollars that if you'd asked me two weeks ago, if that would have been the case, I would have bet you thousands of dollars that it would not, that the pitching would have blown sure. many games. Hey, I am an eternal optimist and I love my teams and I try to make them watchable so I build narratives in my head that they are better than what they can be so that I keep watching 
And there's a stat that I saw on the Twitter. They are first in the American League in ERA at 2.18. What? Our pitching staff. Wow. That's terrific. We are are fourth in the AL in whip at 1.15. Are you fine? I have no idea. I mean, I did not know it was that good. I knew it was good. I didn't know that. that Wild, dude. That's crazy. Wild. Yeah, they're they're certainly surprising and they're fun to watch, dude. And besides that first game, they're pitching on that no hitter. It was one nothing. Yeah. You know, I mean, Arihara finally got his first win. Yeah. We were talking. We talked about that before, and that's one thing we want to touch on because he's passed the eyeball test both starts, man. I agree. I agree. A lot I don't of, think he's you know, a, Kurt, an all-star pitcher or anything like that, but I think he's a, a damn, he's an okay piece for your rotation. And he's certainly in, in two great. years, in two years when the rebuild is kind of really taking shape, you know what I mean? Our, our number two overall draft pick should hopefully by then be uh, cracking the everyday lineup or, you know, uh, a, an everyday starter. Right. Um, I, he, if, if our, I could see him being a solid number four starter in a quality rotation. You know what I mean? A solid number three or four, maybe even fifth starter, depending on how things go in a really solid rotation. Yeah. And I've been impressed with Dunning as well. Yes. Um, He he was what, uh, so, so far he pitched, pitched a five inning game and then he pitched a three, three inning game. And I don't think he's allowed a run yet. Am I crazy? I believe you are correct uh hold on i'm gonna check his era yeah yeah let's do that because i've been like i said it's blowing my mind like like completely um what you know i (laughs) okay no so he has he has um his era for the year sorry is one so he's one, one run Okay. Uh, yes, he's allowed one run. So, uh, you know, that's terrific. That, and again, it's not going to stay there. Um, and it, so far, it's a very small sample size. But the pitching has definitely been a surprise. It's, it's sure. been a bright spot. We're taking, this thing, we're taking this thing one week at a time with the Rangers. Sure, you have to. And I think this is going to be our first Friday win of the season tonight versus oh, yeah? the Orioles I think I feel it man I feel I think all faulty is gonna strike out 10 and get a W that's my bold that's your- bold proclamation 10 strikeouts that's bold it's bold Jerry it's bold. <laughs> well I don't I don't know about the 10 strikeout part but I can get with you on 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 a win I think they're gonna win tonight um and uh you know it's who's the who's the next series after the Orioles uh hold on I'll tell you man so first off, too, they are, there's like 10 teams worse than the Rangers right now. They're six and seven. So tonight has a chance to put 500. They're thoroughly in the two-week championship mix. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> if, that's, yeah. if that's a thing, which it's and, not, obviously. And again, it's the, the truth is I don't, I don't care really if the team is competitive down the line when, and, you know, in it for the division because it's not going to matter. I just like seeing that some of the young players are playing well. You know, it's nice to see that the glimmers of hope, the stuff that that is actually going to be here in the long term, right, panning out the way we had hoped. That's what you want. It's like we talked about how unwatchable the Cowboys were because there was no hope. There was nothing on that defense that told you it was going to be better. 
because the like Diggs was injured. The coach, you knew the coach was going to be gone. There, there wasn't any of that, right? And then Andy Dalton, we're not built. It's not like it's a it's a rookie who's it's not it's not like Joe Burrow where it's like you saw what he had, then he got injured. Okay, we're going to get a good offensive line. He's going to come back. It's just this is an exciting thing. So it's Orioles, Orioles, Orioles. All right, they should be able to win that series. Yep. Here's where it gets. Here's where it gets. Na- it gets nice. Yeah. Monday, Angels, three game series. Yeah. That's that's so that's big, big, big. That's going to tell us a lot about who this team is. Very much so. And then we play a three game series with the White Sox, who's also a very good team. Yeah, yeah. The White Sox are going to win that series unless something crazy happens. But and then we play the Angels again. Okay. And then we play the Red Sox, who are red hot and number one in their division, also. Yeah. So it's uh yeah. And then the twins. So it's not a, it, it, it's never easy. Obviously. No, no, it's, but in, in a, like you said, take it a week at a time, take it, a, not even less than that. Take it a series at a time. Just, sure. you know, and like, like you've said, and like we've said this entire time, look for the bright spots. They are worth watching. Um, and just, you know, find a player or two, a young player uh, that, you can grab onto and become a fan of because there's a couple of them that are going to be here for a while and hopefully we'll turn into something. You know, my first at bat with Willie Alhoun last night was a home run. Oh yeah. It really was. Yeah. And with That's Chris. Your Davis, by the way. That's your Chris guy. Davis. You love Chris Willie Davis, by the way, too. Yeah. Well, with Chris Davis also. Ah. I had a home run with both of them. Their first at bat. I was like, Oh, that's just beautiful. That's, that's cool. Beautiful. Willie Calhoun's your guy. He's your guy. Yeah. I'm rooting for the guy, man. I really am. I like, I like Nate Lowe too, man. I would love, nothing would pump me up more than to see Willie Calhoun get it together and become, if, if we could have a three, if, if Nate Lowe and Willie Calhoun and Gallo could become like a three-man base of awesomeness for that offense and they build on this pitching, I would be a very happy Ranger fan. Yeah. Right, if that, that could happen. And, you know, with baseball, you never know, man. The, the one thing that I do know is that this is going to be a weird summer because normally – the NBA is over in June and football is not starting until August. So we have a lot of time with just baseball, right? Yeah. It's a lot closer. It's a lot like the NBA is going to be over in the end of July now. Yeah. Because of the, the because of the, because the, of the football. late start. Yeah. So we're only going to have like a, a month period where it's just baseball, which is fine by me. You know what I mean? I also watch professional wrestling in that gap as well, because I'm an Uber nerd like that. I know I saw, I could sense the eyes rolls. It was the WrestleMania week this week. Did you watch, Brian? No. No, <laughs> no, I'm afraid not, Zach. I, uh, yeah? No, I'm not even going to. I'm just going to say no. I watched it on the Peacock. It's on the streaming network, the Peacock, the NBC one. Absolutely. But yeah, we're not going to bore anybody with that. With that, That's that's my thing. And that's my guilty pleasure that I have for some weird reason that I, I can't explain. No. So any, any other uh, Ranger nuggets? Or are you ready to move on to the boys? Let's do the Cowboys. Okay. All right, let's do this. So uh, what the Dallas Cowboy talk is going to be is, first off, we're going to kind of center around the 10th pick. Because right now, all intents and purposes, that is where the Cowboys are going to pick. Okay? is right there. But Brian and I also are going to talk about players that he likes. Uh, Brian watches film. He is our draft guru. And we're going to talk about players that we could go for if we trade back if we move back into the first round or if we're at the beginning of the second round players that are in the secondary or on defense, that could really help this team. That's going to be the point. Um, Alden Smith, before we do get started on that is no longer a free agent, no longer in the Cowboys plans. He signed with Seattle who actually tried to trade for him last year. So 
there you go. Yeah. And there's, they decided they weren't going to bring him back. There's some off the field stuff going on with him. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know all the details, but if I've been mum on it, which is good, man, they shouldn't air that man's. No, it's not our, exactly. If, if you have paid attention to his life, you can probably put one and one together and, and yeah. get the two on your own. Um, I wish him the best. Sure. But, he did very well for being away from hell of a story being away from football for so long. It was absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, if Alex Smith hadn't come back from one of the worst leg injuries I've ever seen, he probably would have been the comeback player of the year, or at least right in, right in there with him. Sure. But, yeah. Sure. No, that, that's absolutely 100% valid. So before we get started on draft talk, I have something that I want to ask you. Yeah. Do you think it's as much nonsense as I do to guess what the Cowboys record is? before the draft even happens yeah it does right we have no idea the I, I think i think it's complete and total nonsense talking about records until at least the middle of august sure right we have no idea who's going to be on the roster there are still significant free agents out there that are not on teams right now there are a lot of things that i mean Again, this is not going to happen, but hypothetically, what if the Cowboys right now, you and I predict that they're going to go 13 and four, right? And then tomorrow, as soon as we end this podcast, Jerry, you know, Jerry says the N word accidentally and four or five major players on the team demand trades. That's right. a totally, you know, I'm not saying any of those things are going to happen, right? But the point is, there's entirely too much. Too many things, too much unknown. Sure. Right now, right now, we it's it's way too much up in the air. Hey, you're always a massage parlor away from not having your star player, apparently. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Or 22 massage parlors. Or 20. Jeez, man. Like, God, bro. Like, I, I, I'm not even going to, I can't no. even fathom. No, nothing, nothing. I mean, that's really just nothing even needs to be said. No. Yeah. No. Man, the man, the man likes massages. It's yeah, okay, and, I guess. Wow. And it's uh, one thing I will say though is when all the Dak contract drama was happening, there was a whole lot of people who wanted us to just trade Dak to Houston for old Mister Massage Parlor. And boy, am I sure fucking glad that didn't happen. I yeah. I don't want any part of that shit. Yeah, but, I thought it was a no-brainer to freaking for Miami when the rumor was they were going to trade the number the number three pick three right and two yeah three and two for watson straight up i was like that's a no-brainer if i'm miami and that's a great trade for houston too i think yeah but everybody wins yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 not, not a good luck not not in not in this day and age i mean not in any day and age but we're especially on different times obviously now yeah absolutely post you, two, that's a that's a real bad thing when the schedule gets released i like to think of the ebb and flows of the schedule because that makes me think more of what a possibility of what the schedule could be like for instance was it two years ago where they never had two home games in a row uh, i think it was yeah and then that's that's fucking wild like that's hard dude like yeah. you're it's that the way your body's traveling and going and people don't take things like that into account that's that's huge like it, it's hard 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 to get like momentum built well and so like on and uh on the on the note of the traveling thing everybody thinks that the reason why home field advantage 
exist is because of the crowd and the fans. Don't get me wrong. That is a part of it, but it's like 15 to 20% of what home field advantage is. Home field advantage is about the travel and about sleeping in your own bed and about all that kind of stuff. And when your wife and kids before you go to work in the morning, man, absolutely. absolutely. All those uh, just the routine, the similar environment. And when you're not, when you have no, no home games back to back, that makes it very difficult because every single week you're literally doing something different. There's never a back-to-back of, of the same thing. Cause even if you're traveling, travel times are different. Travel location is different. So it's all, it, it makes it tough, but anyway, go ahead. And when you're dealing with young teams, you know, you look at uh, the Cowboys are a, a youngish NFL team. It's, it's hard not to want to enjoy seeing things when you go places. You sure. Know? Go out, yeah the nightlife the whatever else it's, it's a bunch of for the most part the vast majority of the roster is under the age of 30 i imagine i'm not i'm not 100 on this but i imagine a lot of them are single and probably want to go out and have a good time sure. and uh you know when you yeah it, it the 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 road life can you know that's tough was it the Jags a couple of years ago on the London game they were all out partying in London the night before and they like a couple of players went to jail right yeah Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> That's because they're they spend their life in Jacksonville where there's nothing better to do. So they finally got to go to a real city and have a little time to have some fun. Yeah, their owner their owner owns the AEW wrestling brand now, so they can go to that. You know, there's always that, I guess. <laughs> okay, so let's so let's get to it, Brian. Um, okay, Brian. First off, let's talk about pick ten. Okay. okay. So we are pretty much honestly in the same position we were last week this time. There's been no, except for the fact that it seems like Kyle Pitts to Atlanta is the ultimate smoker ultimately going to happen. Seems like the only thing. And then number three pick, it's went from where it, it's not going to be Mac Brown anymore. They're thinking of Justin Fields now. Is Mac Jones. But Mac yeah, I, again, I'll say it's this. Season. It's lying season. It is. It's absolutely lying season. If you're a Cowboys fan, you uh, you want Mac Jones to go number three, right? You absolutely do. Kyle Pitts, no matter who goes number three, Kyle Pitts is like 99% chance that he is not coming. He's not going to make it to 10. Right? Four to eight, man. Four to eight, 100%. Yeah. There's two, he's too good, and there's too many teams that are not going to be able to pass up on that talent. Mm-hmm. So I think I just like last year, even though it did work out, C.D. Lamb fell to us at 17. I think if you run that draft now, there's no chance that he, you know, if you do a redraft, he doesn't make it to 17. But nevertheless, I think you could pretty much put Kyle Pitts out of your head. It's not going to happen. It's just not. So it's, you know, we can, There, in my opinion, I think it's going to, I think you can, it's one of four players right? If they pick at 10, it's one of four. It's either Patrick Sertain. It's either JC Horn. It's Rashawn Slater, or it's Pina Sewell. And for those who don't know, uh, Patrick Sertain is a quarterback from Al- a cornerback from Alabama. JC Horn is a cornerback from South Carolina. Rashawn Slater is an offensive tackle slash offensive guard from Northwestern. And Pina Sewell is an offensive tackle from Oregon. That's now, one of those four. That's Brian. I would be okay with any one of those four players. Would absolutely. You? 
hundred percent. Um, I have, I, and I'll, I'll tell you the order in which I'd prefer it for me. Pina Sewell is one. Yes. Patrick, Patrick Sertain is two. JC Horn is three and, and Rashawn Slater is four. Um, but I think if you're at 10 and any one of those four players is there, I think you take them and you're happy. You, you know, you go about your day because you've got an instant starter at one of those, you know, from one of those four players, potentially, uh, you know, a couple of them I could see making a pro bowl in the next two years. So that's, that's four guys, correct? Yep. So here's my question to you. The new England Patriots pick 15th. Correct. Right. So that would be four picks after. Yeah. So would you, knowing like if you're picking at 10 and all four of those guys are there, if New England's moving up, they're moving up for a quarterback that fell, right? Yep. That means you're getting what probably the leftover of those four, honestly, because you've got the Giants, you've got the Eagles, and forgive me for who picks up after them for not not knowing what team it is it's all right you got the giants you've got the eagles uh 13 is the chargers 14 is the vikings okay and then 15 would be the patriots and to be honest if those if you get to 10 and those four players let's let's play it out where let's say mac jones does go number three right the rest of the, the the rest of the nine players go in front of us we're sitting there at pick five i'm sorry at pick 10 and you've got those four players plus one of the quarterbacks, right? Justin Fields or uh, um, the, uh, the, the kid from North Dakota, uh, Trey Lance, one of those quarterbacks and then those four players. You absolutely trade back to 15 if New England's ready to do it because, yeah, you're going to lose a couple of them, but I think – I. Th- I think at least one, maybe two of them make it to you at 15 because the, the, the Vikings may go edge rusher. They really need a pass rusher. And, and they there's go really good ball. wide receivers that are all that, that are still sitting there at that point, if that's the case, probably too. Well, so here's right. the catch. Well, no, but here, because if you're sitting at, if you're sitting at 10 and there's a quarterback and those four players I mean, Waddle probably went already. Waddle, and, and yeah, all the wide receivers. So at that point, you've got to you figure four quarterbacks have gone, three wide receivers have gone, Kyle Pitts has gone, and some uh, some wild card. You know, that's that. So at that point, re- again, I think I think realistically, I don't think all four of the players are going to be there at ten. I think Pina Sewell probably goes early. Right. Um, yeah, I think, but he's, I think, a, I think gonna, he's a Bengal man. I think he goes to the Bengals personally. I it's it's looking that way. It's it's either going to be him. I think it'll either be him, Kyle Pitts, or Jamar Chase. Right. Um. But I think either way, I think Pinay Sewell goes. I think maybe Rashawn Slater goes to Carolina, possibly. Uh, but I think you're going to have your pick of the cornerbacks of the two cornerbacks. Um, and even if hypothetically you trade back to 15 and none of those players are there, there's still a handful of players that I'm okay with at 15 
that I wouldn't necessarily be okay with at 10, but I would be okay with at 15 and still feel like we got a nice solid pick. Because you're but, probably getting a second, right? Yeah, you're probably, yeah, you, you probably more than likely, and they, so right now the Cowboys have picked 10 and then picked 44 in the second round. The uh, Patriots have picked 15 and then they have picked 46 in the second round. So what you would end up with more than likely is pick 15, pick 44, and pick 46, which that's great. I am all like that personally is my dream scenario. Let me ask you. So if Bill Belichick comes calling, okay, uh, there's a quarterback on, on the list and you've got the fan base is like, fuck yes, man. Sertain is right there. Okay. We, we can get him. We can get our cornerback. This is what we need. I think the team will be better off with a player we get at 15th and a potential second and third round extra pick because you dictate when someone's calling you for a quarterback, the yeah. terms are yours. You can hold them up for a rent. Yeah. Would you rather have an extra first next year or a second and third this year? Uh, okay. I, I say second and third this year. Here's the thing, right? I, I'm probably with you, but you could may it wouldn't take you could convince me that the first next year is the better option. And here's why. This draft, because of COVID, there's less information available about more players than right. any draft in the past 30 years. Right. Now the Cowboys are in a spot. A lot of people, even though they went, you know, they look like hot garbage last year for a lot of the year. A lot of people within the team feel like they're in a win now window. You know, you've got your franchise quarterback, you've got an aging offensive line, excuse me. So they probably don't want to put off getting that first round draft pick till next year. But I, I th- I'll put it to you this way. I think if Jerry's making the call, I think uh, they go for this year. I think if Steven's making the call, they're taking the first round ne- pick next year. And, and, and for me, I think like I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think an owner about it. And the reason why I think, I think second and third benefits this year is because of the amount of money you're paying a wide receiver and your quarterback, especially, and yeah. you need bodies. And this this defense, the whole reason I want to trade back is not because I don't think Patrick Sertain is a great player, because I sure as hell do. I just think that one man is not enough to make this defense become what I think it needs to be for us to be a Super Bowl caliber team. But I sure as hell think that if they get a cornerback and a safety and another edge rusher, uh, you know, quality out of the top 50 of the draft, yeah. I do think that's enough to make some serious fucking noise and, and, and be good. Well, and and so I'm absolutely with you. With, like I said, if if it were me I, and I had a gun to my head, I'd probably take the second and the third. Now, to be clear, I don't think they're going to get a second and a third, even if it's for a quarterback, for one reason and one reason alone. If you're the Patriots and you're at 15, and it's Matt and the quarterback that's available more than likely is going to be Mac Jones, right? None of the teams between us at 10 and them and fi- them at 15 are taking a quarterback. The Patriots know it. We know it. Everybody else knows it. The football team and the Eagles though, dude, the football team's at 19. Oh, that's right. right. So the football right. team is not in it. Right. Right. The giants, the giants and Eagles, excuse yeah, me. The giants and the Eagles. The Giants aren't taking Mac Jones. 
right? The Eagles have already told you, they've already let us know that there's only two quarterbacks in this draft that they value, right? Sure. That they're willing to pick. So, so it's not the Chargers, right? And it's not the Vikings. So the, the Patriots are, if they want to move up to 10, they want to do it to make sure that nobody brokers a trade with one of those four teams or one of those three teams between us right and right swoops in and steals it so you can hold them up a little bit but i don't think you it, it's not going to be the same as normal quarterback move up trades uh i think you could probably get the second or you can probably get a first next year but i don't think you could get a second and a third maybe a second and a fourth or something like that uh but i'd still do it right because i think to to go off what you were saying a minute ago about Patrick Sertain. Patrick Sertain's a perfectly fine player, and I'm absolutely content drafting him at 10. But I am also more than ready and willing to move away all the way down to 15 because Patrick Sertain, while being a perfectly fine player, is not Jalen Ramsey. He's right. not Deion Sanders. He's not, if it were a normal draft year, there would be a defensive player like um, uh, uh, Miles Garrett, or you know, one of these like right. clear cut, absolute number one defensive players, and there isn't one this year. You can you can look at all the draft experts around the country, and ev not everybody, but a lot of people have different defensive players listed as the top defensive players. Some have, uh, some still have Caleb Farley, some have Patrick Sertain, some have Aziz Ojolari. I mean, some have Micah Parsons, some have Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa. It's all over the place. And so the point is, with that, with that much, I guess the point is I would rather have more darts because I think it's 50-50 whether J.C. Horn has just as good a career as Patrick Sertain, if not better. Right. So let me, take, let me go back five picks and pick him instead, but – I'm also going to get to pick another top 50 player. Yeah, that's, that's my thought. Yes, thank you. That's 100%. The, that's why I'm team trade back because I, I do think we can do fine and get it. For some reason, though, I'd rather just have two second round picks because we make some fucking weird second round picks, man. Like yeah. at the tight end a few years ago, and then it was, you know, Jalen Smith obviously was in, he was redshirted basically the first year. It seems like that's the round where they take risks, right? Yeah. They, what The way the Cowboys build their board, um, there's a lot of teams that do it this way. There's a lot of teams that don't. So when there's people with medical or off the field stuff, they don't let that affect the way that they grade their players on their board. And so when you get to the second round, you know, for example, Jalen Smith, they had him graded as like the sixth or seventh best player on their board. Sure. And so when you get to the top of the second round, you're looking and there's this big, huge gap between Jalen Smith and the next player down because right. he's got basically no knee, you know? Um, and it leads to the, and they do that. It leads to them taking risks on players. Sometimes it pays off like Sean Lee, although, you know, Sean Lee spent his whole career getting dinged up. You end up with Bruce Carter, same yeah. kind of thing. You end up with Jalen. They take risks. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. The thing is this year, I think the quality of players available in the second round, the second round is my favorite round in this draft. 
right? I, there's, there's so much depth and quality because this, it's, again, it's a weird draft. There's no clear cut, holy shit, number one defensive player, but there is some really solid depth through the first 80 to 100 picks. I think the second and third rounds is where we're going to make our money this year. This is, that's where we get it done. Let's talk about it then. You gave yes. me a list of players that you've watched film on that you like a lot and you want our fans to know what, who they are and what they're about. Absolutely. So let's pull these guys up. The first, pl- first person on your list, these are players you have as early first, uh, me, late first, early second. Let me throw one out real quick. Uh, okay. Specifically because some, a little bit of rumblings came out in, in Cowboys universe uh, this week. And that's a guy named Trayvon Merrick. He's a safety from TCU, right? It's, Ooh, I like yeah, it's spelled Morig, M-O-E-H-R-I-G, but it's pronounced Merig. He, uh, it came out this week that the Cowboys, I, I'm trying to remember the word that was used. It came out from Mike Fisher that they're infatuated. No, that was Kyle Pitts, but they are um, very interested in obtaining his services. Uh, so, if they trade back further than 15, let's say that they trade with Chicago, right? Hypothetically, they trade with Chicago or somebody else who wants to move up to 10. Right. <clears throat> Trayvon Merrick is a name to pay attention to. Uh, he's, uh, incre- he's, he's got all the size you're looking for. He's like 6'1", 6'2", 205, 206. Um, he's athletic as hell. He is probably not the most... Uh, alert and instinctive safety in the draft but he has all the tools you're looking to build on and could he's one of those guys that the floor is a little lower than some of the other safety prospects but the ceiling is very high he could in three years be the best safety in the league okay i like it i like it a lot i like it i i can't wait for them to draft a safety i've been asking them to draft a safety and for five years he's who he would be a, a second round pick correct like he'd be like a target in the second round he's i'll put it to you this way if he's there if they don't if he's there at 44 he's the pick right okay the catch is he's probably not going to be there at 44 so there's a good chance on a lot of people connected to the cowboys have kind of been hinting that this is a strong possibility that instead of trading back, what they may do is pick at 10, you know, pick Horn or Sertain, one of those guys, and then take, your, take their second round pick and another later pick and package it together to trade back into the first round and okay. into the late 20s and go get him there. And, Another guy that falls into that same category, and then we'll move to the, re- the other guys you were going to talk to, is a guy named Zaven Collins. He's a linebacker out of Tulsa. And he kind of, he's, the Cowboys have, ta- have, it's come out four months ago that the Cowboys have a first round grade on him. Um, and just so people know, there's 32 picks in the, in the round, right? But the average number of of players with a first round grade for a team is about 18, right? Somewhere between 15 to 20 players have, each team will have 15 to 20 players with first round grades. Well, they have one on Zayvon Collins. So that's another player that they could possibly 
move back up into he's not in play at 10 it's too rich for him there but if they trade real far back or trade back into the first round he's a guy they could go for as well like if the saints were a wild card and called us and we're like we want we want the 10th pick because we're not sold Jameis winston's the future and we want they he has a patrick mahomes feel about trey lance and he's available there yeah exactly that's exactly um boom we you know at that point you want that's a situation where you fleece them you take you know they're not they don't have pants when we're done with that trade right because we're moving so far back and they're calling you so at that point we get their first rounder this year their first rounder next year a two and a three you know something like that i mean it's it's rich it's a lot but it's also moving from 10 to 25 or whatever it is. Um, if and then that falls to 10, they're going to, they could get a King's ransom for the 10th pick for sure. Yeah. 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 Trey Lance or Justin Fields, either one. And a lot right. of people have Justin Fields falling that far. Right. If it happens, the Cowboys um, are going to have multiple suitors. There's going to be a lot of people calling them for that pick. And I'm all about that. I'm all about that. The, the Joneses will be in their dumb and dumber suits. It's getting ready for the ball. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So the first player uh, on your list is an offensive tackle, uh, Christian Derisaw. Please tell yeah. me about this. So Christian Derisaw, he is uh, the offensive tackle from Virginia Tech. Uh, prototypical size. Unlike a lot of the other guys, the other offensive linemen that we've talked about, uh, most like Rashawn Slater, PNA Sewell. Uh, we've spent, we talked a little bit about a guy named Elijah Vera Tucker, um, which I believe he's on the list as well. Uh, none of all of those guys have a little bit of position flex, right? They could play left tackle. They could play guard. They, you know, Rashawn Slater could play all five positions in the line. Darisaw isn't so much that guy. And so that's, if we draft Darisaw, it's, it's a good and a bad pick because there are a lot of people who think he's the best left tack, pure left tackle in this class. Okay. And, but if Tyron is healthy, he's sitting. That's a big you know, if. It's a big if. And there, there is no if, ends, or buts about it. Tyron is going to miss somewhere between two to six games. It's just going to happen. Every year, you can count on it. But well, if he misses a game, it's just not a game. It's going to be unless it's lined up with a bye week with the way his body works, right? Yeah, absolutely. He's going to miss some time every year, and Christian Darisol will play then. But it's not a lot of people, myself included, aren't really stoked about the idea of using a first round pick on a player who's only going to play in four or five games, right? Right? No, and and but he is he can he is and can be the left tackle of the future. Um, the only knock on him is apparently there's rumors around that he's a little bit kind of lazy and you can watch like in his film, he's not a finisher, right? Like when he'll block a guy just good enough where if you, if you watch like Rashawn Slater, that dude blocks a guy. And if he's not moving on to the second level to then move on to block somebody else, he is going to drive that dude into the ground. He is going to make whoever he's blocking regret ever even trying to come near him. Hmm. Christian Derisaw is not that way. He is big enough. He's strong enough. He's athletic enough. He's got all the size you're looking for. But 
He's going to do his job and that's it. He's not going to do, he's not one of those nasty mauling, just grind a guy into the ground offensive lineman. And you like to see that. At least I like to see that in my offensive. Yeah. So there's a whole big dudes that are considered lazy because big dudes that are considered lazy can turn into, they get fat real quick. Yeah. yeah, They get fat real quick. You get older and cheeseburgers hit you different, man. You know, and if you're lazy on top of that, that's, uh, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, again, he's, he's probably one of the two or three most talented offensive linemen in the whole class, but I think he's going to go a little bit later than he should because of that. Okay. So we've got defensive tackle Christian uh, Barmore. Barmore. Barmore, excuse me, on your list next. Tell me about him. He's a defensive tackle from Alabama. So the knock on him, let me get this out of the way, is he wasn't even a full-time starter at Alabama. Now, to be fair, uh, Alabama is basically a pro team. You know, it's Alabama. But they used him for early in the year, they used him on passing situations only. Uh, he's a big guy. He's like 6'4", 320, something like that. He's a big old boy. But, and he's built like a one technique, but he's got the abilities to get up the field like a three technique. And defensive tackles who can rush the passer are exceptionally valuable. Um, the question is, I mean, if, if he's not even good enough to be a full-time starter on his college team, is he good enough to be a first-round pick in the NFL? I don't know, but he, towards the end of the season and into the college football playoff, he turned it on, and he actually was the, the defensive MVP of the college football playoff. Okay. So he definitely finished really, really strong. He fills a need for the Cowboys, and I would – I would not mind them picking him. Uh, there are other places I'd rather go, even if it's later in the round, because he's he's not even my favorite defensive tackle in the class. My pet cat is another guy that we'll probably get to here in a bit, but uh, there are there there is definitely rumors that the Cowboys like like him. So that's and he's got a second round grade. Is that correct? For me, he's got. I grade him as a second round player. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. I mean, I. The catch is this is a really weak defensive tackle class by normal standards. So a team like the chiefs or someone like that. Yeah. I I think he'll probably go in the twenties just because he's a defensive tackle who can rush the passer. And that's exceptionally valuable. Um, And like I said, there's only 15 to 20 first round graded players in the whole thing. I've got, I have 18 first round graded players in the whole draft. So, you know, take it for what it is there. You're, there's going to be 12 players, uh, 14 players that get drafted in the first round that I don't have a first round grade on. So, you know, he's going to be one of them more than likely, but late, late into the draft, late into the first round, I wouldn't mind them picking him. I'd rather them go another way, but I would hate it. Sure. Okay. So Cowboys fans are drunk for cornerbacks. Uh, We were burnt so bad last year. The next man on your list is Greg Newsom. Tell me about this. So Greg Newsom, if Greg, he's a cornerback from Northwestern. He's one of maybe the, he might be the most ideal fit for Dan Quinn's system, right? I don't think he's, 
I, he, and he, again, he might be the best cornerback in the draft, but he's got an injury history. He's never once in, in the, in his, all of his years at college, he's never fin- He's never completed a season. He's every year he has missed at least two games, right? Yeah. So he's got an injury history, but the dude can play. It's just all there is to it. It's just, just kind of like what we were talking about with Tyron Smith. Are you okay using a first round pick for a guy that you know is not going to play all 16, all 17 games? It's not going to happen. You can just bank on it. So yeah. it's, you, you know, that's how it is though. When you're, when you're drafting that late, you get a guy that talented, there's going to be, there's going to be holes in his game. You know, would you rather have a guy who's less talented, but is going to be there all the time or a supremely talented player who's got an injury history? That's kind of the balance. Okay. Now the next player you mentioned earlier on the pod, uh, it's Micah Parsons, the linebacker. Yeah. And for a long, for before, before the draft season really kind of took off and everybody was just kind of throwing out projections and stuff like that. He was projected to be a top five player. Wow. He, uh, a lot of people have him as the best defensive player in the draft. He's, uh, he's a high school defensive end who's only played linebacker for two years. He's an off-ball linebacker. So he's not like uh, a three-four outside linebacker. He's a linebacker in the same vein as Jalen Smith or Leighton Vandrash. He's 6'4. He's 250, 255. He runs a 4'3940. He's massive. He is. I don't want I don't want to say the most athletic linebacker prospect ever but top five maybe right his he's freaky the problem is like i said he's only been playing linebacker for two years so much in the same way that jalen smith uh will get misdirected sometimes he'll misdiagnose a play and all of a sudden he's 10 yards running in the other fucking direction when the ball is is going up the b gap that'll happen from time to time uh with micah parsons the other thing is i think if you're going to use uh even uh, a mid to high first round pick on a linebacker they probably need to be able to cover you know be really good in coverage uh and he's okay at best they didn't really use him much in coverage what he can do exceptionally well for a linebacker is rush the passer okay now the, the thing with him is it's boom or bust, right? If he hits his potential, he's a Hall of Famer. And I'm not exaggerating. If he hits his potential, he is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Jeez. He All is right. Bobby Wagner. Okay. But if he doesn't hit his potential, he's a slightly more athletic Jalen Smith. All right. I don't think we want to hear that. <laughs> so exactly right a lot of people expected the cow before the draft process started they connected him to the cowboys i there's a lot of rumors that the cowboys are, are kind of infatuated with him too because they love linebackers um he's scary athletic uh he's also got some uh, there are some rumors about him being immature right he got in a little bit in trouble at penn state for a hazing scandal um but if he hit like i said if he hits his potential he's bobby wagner or better wow all right 
Up next, we've got, excuse me on the pronunciation of this. It's Aziz uh, Ojolari. You got it. You got it. it. All right. Aziz Ojolari, edge rusher. Uh, Tell me about this man. So for me, he's my edge one, right? Uh, He's a, he's from Georgia. He's a bit of an undersized player, right? And the way Georgia used him, Georgia ran a lot of, of uh, odd fronts, three, four type stuff, right? So he's kind of a, a pass rushing outside linebacker, kind of, you know, that kind of mold. Kind of, for, to make an unfair comparison, uh, and that he's not as good as a prospect, but in the DeMarcus Ware vein, right? Okay. Um, <clears throat> he's about 6'3", about 240, but he's very fast. He's very bendy. He's very athletic. He's got a great motor. He's, and the, the thing about him, what excites me about him is there are only a handful of guys. I mean, there's just not very many people who can do what he does, which is, uh, we call it, uh, a lot of people, a lot of scouts call it being bendy, right? Where you can speed rush and bend your body. Your ankles are at a weird, like almost 90 degree angle bend around an offensive tackle they're just not randy gregory can do it right but there just aren't very many people who can do that in the world it's a very 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 difficult thing to do and he can do that he's got a lot to learn he's unrefined he's got a you know i think again if he were the pick i think dan quinn could get a hold of him and do work some wonders with him and he could be a top five edge player in the league in three years wow uh, now that doesn't mean that he will but he has that natural ability so All right. another linebacker we've got nick bolton <clears throat> nick bolton is remember how we were talking about micah parsons freaky athletic but just might not have it between the years right right nick bolton is the exact opposite of that right so he's like uh studies those knows the film studies the playbook knows everything knows with the ball reads the play when you watch him, when you watch him play, <clears throat> it's like he knows the offense's play call. It's, it's like he was in the offense's huddle, right? He's not the most athletic dude. He's not the biggest guy in the world. He's not the fastest guy in the world. He's not the strongest guy in the world. He's about 5'11", six foot right in there. He's about 240 pounds. He ran, he tested average you know very average like four six forty very average but he is never wrong every play he diagnoses it perfectly he's in the backfield immediately he is uh he is a football diagnosing computer he just he knows it he's there 100 of the time he's my favorite linebacker I don't think he's the best linebacker. I don't have him ranked the highest, but he's my favorite. Okay. All right. So let's move on now. We've got an offensive tackle, uh, Tevin Jenkins, that you have a good grade on. That guy, uh, remember I was talking about Derisaw, how he doesn't finish. Tevin Jenkins is the exact opposite of that. He's not as technically refined. He's a fucking bully. He's one of those guys, and I mean it in the best way possible. He is a mauler. He is just going to just push people around and he wants to break their spirit. He's from Oklahoma state. I'm going to, 
you know, I don't have a ton to say about him. He's a bully. Hey, all right. I like it. Okay, so now we've got three players left. We have a safety, a safety, and cornerback. And like I said, um, I, for some reason, just I've said it every podcast, I just, for some reason, feel they were either moving back and that's why we're taking defense or 10 is going to be an offensive player of some sort, I think. So second round grades on secondary are, are important because these are guys that might be around. So we've got uh, Trevor Morig. Is that right? That's the safety I talked about at the beginning. Trayvon Morig gotcha. yeah, from TCU. Okay. That's the guy. That's the guy we want. And you think we'd have to move back into the first possibly to get him. Yeah, probably. Um, you know, we'll see how the draft falls, but it would not surprise me if we'd have to move into the mid to late twenties to get him. All right. Uh, and you've already talked about all the pluses and pluses and minuses for him. We've got Richie Grant safety. Tell now, me about Richie, this. Richie Grant is my favorite safety in the draft. Now it has come out that the Cowboys are not super high on him, right? Okay. The reason they're not super high on him is because his floor the reason I like him so high is because his floor is super high. If he came out right now and never really improved from where he is right now, he is still a, a average to above average starting free safety in the league, right? But his ceiling is not nearly as high as some of the other safety prospects. He's 23, so he's a little bit of an older, older prospect. He's from the University of Central Florida. Um, he's not nearly as athletic as like Trayvon Morig, Merig. Uh, he's not as big. He's a little smaller, but what he is in the same way that Nick Bolton is always diagnosing everything just right. That's what he does from the safety position. He diagnoses it just right. He's not as athletic as a bunch of other guys, but because he can diagnose coverages and routes um, not coverages. I'm sorry. He can diagnose route combinations before other guys can. He's making breaks on the ball that other players wouldn't get to. Right. So if he was as if he was as athletic as Trayvon Merrig, he'd be a top ten pick. Right. But he's not, uh, and he's older. So I like him a lot. The Cowboys don't don't get your hopes up, but I do like okay. him. A lot. All right. And then last but not least, we've got cornerback Fetu Melafawu. <laughs> I think I butchered that completely. I couldn't, I even Googled, I could not find a way to pronounce that name. It's all right. It's, uh, it's, if you have to, Melafawu. If you have to, Melafawu. Now, your work. <laughs> yeah, this is a guy that he's, again, maybe he's not the best corner in the draft by any stretch uh talent wise but he if not if greg newsom wasn't there i would say that he might be the best fit for the cowboys for what they look for corners to do he's six two maybe six three he's got crazy long arms he's super athletic he's uh i think he ran like a four four three eight forty he can jump out of the gym. He fits exactly what the Cowboys, what Dan Quinn's system asks cornerbacks to do. Uh, he's from Syracuse. Honestly, the big knock on him isn't even a knock on him. It's on his brother, uh, Obi Melifonwu, who was drafted by the Raiders 
two or three years ago, very high. He was taken in the first round and is out of the league right now, if I'm not mistaken. Ooh. Turns out he's an, his brother was an incredibly talented player who just didn't really give a shit about football. Okay. So he, he, he cared enough to get to the draft, get a payday, but apparently he was always late for meetings. He wouldn't, he didn't work hard. He was just a lazy, lazy dude uh, who didn't give a shit about football and, and just fucked off. So unfortunately his younger brother is, is taking the brunt or taking a good bit of uh, punishment because of that. Even though if you listen to this guy, he's either a really good actor and selling people that he's not his brother Right. Or he truly loves football. Either way, uh, I think he's a good scheme fit. And if the Cowboys, if he's there, if we don't take a corner in round one, it would not surprise me at all if he's the pick in round two. Okay. All right. Well, there you go, folks. There is Brian's uh, deep scout, deep dive into scouting on some of the players that might be available at the end of round one slash beginning of round two. Yes. I'm sorry, dude. I got one more thing to add, to add to the list. And this guy is my pet cat. He's my favorite, my favorite player in the entire draft. He's a defensive tackle out of NC State. His name is Aleem McNeil. Okay. He is a dancing bear. He is. Don't know what that means, Brian. <laughs> he, is, he is a 330, 340-pound nose tackle who is crazy athletic for a guy that size right so okay. to put it into perspective normally nose tackles who are six foot three 330 340 normally their 40 times are well into the five seconds right a mcneil ran i think he ran a 486 right that's uh that's on par with that's close to leighton vanderash territory uh as a as a 340 pound defensive tackle um, the only reason this guy is not a first round player is because he went to NC state and they play exclusively a three man line, right? A three, four, right. And nose tackles <clears throat> don't in that scheme, they just don't rush the passer. They don't get sacks. They don't get big stats. They, all they do is sit there and take up blocks. If you put him in our system right now, even if you don't draft a linebacker, automatically a couple of players get better just from drafting this guy. Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch get significantly better because they're not taking on guards and centers the way they were last year and the year before. Demarcus Lawrence gets, and Randy Gregory, and anybody else on that defensive line gets significantly better because if you don't double team Aline McNeil, he will be in the quarterback's lap like that because he's incredibly strong and incredibly athletic that's my pet cat i want him to be the i want them to draft a corner in the first round so that we can draft him in the second round that's my guy i like it i like it a lot all right now i'm done all right now i mean that's fine so that is a deep dive into a lot of prospects there um we have one more episode before draft night um as uh stated on the podcast brian and i will do a live I'll probably go on Facebook live for it as well. I'll probably honestly will have, because we really don't have a show agenda for that episode. I'm probably going to Facebook live me 
um, on my phone while we're doing the podcast on Zoom to put on YouTube and doing the podcast at the same time so we can kind of get everything out there for the first pick. And we'll probably around pick five-ish tune in uh, live and then kind of get what's going on with the Cowboys. So I'm really, really pumped for that. So there's one more uh, full episode before that happens. And then kind of a reactionary. We probably won't have a normal Friday pod uh, on the draft. It'll probably be the draft night and then probably Monday or maybe Sunday we'll do like a, a total, you know, uh, recap of what all happened. Recap of what all happened. Uh, as far as everything else, man, it's going to be a, got a fun weekend. Have you watched Captain and Winter Soldier? Have you watched the show? Absolutely. Yeah. I, dude, oh I, I mainline the Marvel stuff. I mainline the Marvel stuff. Just put it in my oh, bag. I love it. It's I love so good, it. man. Like, I didn't like, it's funny because WandaVision, I didn't care for WandaVision. And I finally, like, after the third or fourth episode, I got really good reviews. I'm like, okay, let's binge it. And Tara and I watch it together, my wife and I. And man, I freaking, I was like, okay, it's a little weird, but I, I dig it. I dig it. You know, it's okay. But this is Winter Soldier, and this show is fucking baller, man. The see, it's Captain America. Ooh, that's good. I, I, and see, I'm the opposite. Like, so, when WandaVision came out, a guy I work with who is a, a comic book, I wouldn't say fanatic, but he is very knowledgeable about comic books, tried to watch, he came to me and said, did you watch WandaVision? It's, I couldn't do it. I hated it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, all right, well, I'll try it. And I put it on. And we made it through all the way through the first two episodes because that's, you know, they dropped it episode one and two. And I could, I picked up on the little hints of what was going on. And had to go back to him and go, dude, you got to go finish it. Watch it. It's awesome. I loved WandaVision. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I don't like as much as WandaVision, but I do like it a whole lot. I like yeah. it. You know, I, I definitely dig it a lot. So. Oh, see, the, see, with WandaVision, I saw the trailers and I just wasn't interested. It's kind of like Loki. I'm going to watch it, but I just am not drawn to his character that much. Yeah, and I am. I am very much. Yeah. I get it, man. And so, but I just was like, yeah, people are saying exactly what I thought. And it finally got really good reviews. And I'm like, let's do this. But dude, this is, this is my Friday. We've got, I got the show. I'm going to finish this game, go to the gym, do dinner. Rangers at seven. You got the fucking Mavs at eight 30. Got Falcon and Winter Soldier to watch. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a good pack. It's it a is, good one. It yeah, is absolutely. It is one for sure. Well, that's it, man. Unless you got anything else for the pod, bro. No, no, not at all. Absolutely. I am. Uh, I am satisfied. All right. Very good. Well, if you tuned in, thank you so much. We appreciate every listen, even if it's just one person listening to our podcast. Thank you. you know, our goal is bigger than what's happening this week. Uh, you know, our goal is to turn this into a household pod that people know about in the Dallas Metroplex. Uh, that's why we do this. And it's fun too. We like to talk and it saves our wives the, uh, you know, my wife doesn't care about who we're going to pick it whatever you know that's not something she cares about when it actually happens who's the player is he good is he going to contribute right so it's a good stuff to talk so thank you for that um if you like what you heard please like review wherever you listen to podcasts that would mean the world to us uh more people will hear and when they search for a dallas podcast by your reviews um we can only tweet it and facebook it so much it's about what you, the listener, uh, do and say about what goes on in this podcast. So uh, if you would be so kind to do that, that would be amazing. And uh, this is on YouTube and everywhere that you can listen to podcasts. So that's it for me this week. This is the Goal Line Fade, a Dallas sports podcast. More content coming your way on a weekly basis. Thanks for the listen and enjoy your weekend or week whenever you're listening to this, folks. Peace.